Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Awesome, awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, it's good to be in church today. Man, first service was empty and looking thicker from this week. So, but y'all are looking good. Y'all are looking relatively fit. So, way to go. Way to go. Second service. Well, hey, I want to give special honor to our senior pastor who's watching online. Man, don't you love your senior pastor? Can you help me honor him? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And Hillary, good job. Good job. Way to go. If you've never spoken on the stage, it's terrifying, and you nailed it. Way to go. So way to go there. And then, man, Sayla sang for, for the first time and, like, led us. And come on, she, she's one of our students. Yeah, come on. Parent Award right here. Come on. Way to go. Well, man, I'm so excited um, to be sharing with you guys. Um, 2020's been weird, right? Yeah. It's been a little bit interesting. Thanksgiving was really weird. Um, we had some people exposed to corona, and so we... Um, this was the first year, it was just me and my wife, and we, like H-E-B was an hour from closing, and we're like, let's go to H-E-B and get a ham, and it was just like a, it was just weird, but it was really restful, but it was just, like 2020's just been that, it's just been like, eh, it's just weird, but all that to say, let's dive into the message, I'm just kind of rambling now, but if you have your notes, uh, go ahead and take them out, and if you're not a note taker, I'd encourage you to be one, um, it's very, very helpful, but if you want to put a title on this, the title is Finding Jesus in the middle, finding Jesus in the middle. I'm, I'm gonna be in Mark chapter six. And so if you have a copy of your scriptures, you can go ahead and head there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. It says this, immediately he, he being Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he sent the multitude away, and when he sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle. Everybody say the middle the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. Verse 49, and when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they wet their pants and cried out and freaked out a little bit, like you would and I would. Verse 50, for they, saw, for they all saw him and were greatly troubled. But immediately Jesus talked with them and said, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. If you don't think Jesus has a sense of humor, he has a sense of humor. He goes, ah, just kidding, it's me, y'all. Then he went up into the boat with him and the wind ceased, finding Jesus in the middle. Let's pray. Father, we love you so, so much. And God, we know there's not a speech that could change a thing. Um, But Holy Spirit, that is what you do best. And so we invite you into this room, into this place. Change us from the inside out. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. We are in a lot of middles right now. We are in the middle of a football season, and I don't know if you're boycotting it. Like I've heard people be like, no more NFL, that's fine. Uh, you're not missing much. It's been pretty bad. Um, all the Texas teams, I'm kind of hoping that they'll tank at this point just because Trevor Lawrence is coming out of the draft. And it's like, 
We don't care for Dak Prescott. I don't, sorry. Um, but we'll take Trevor Lawrence. And so we're in the middle of a football season. It's not going super, super well. We're in the middle of a Christmas kind of holiday, busy season. And it's just go, 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 go. There's like 20 Christmas parties coming up and you feel the pressure to go to every single one of them and everyone wants a $50 gift. And like, that's the budget. And you're just like, I can't do a $50 gift for all of you. It's just, we're just in the middle of kind of that rush and it's supposed to be about Jesus, but like, it's the most stressful time of the year. It's just, it's just, it's like, it's just not all joy and happy. And I wish it was. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, of the coronavirus and the pandemic and all of those things. And it's like, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Do we social distance? Does that do anything? Does anybody know? Do the doctors know? Does, like, we don't know. We're just in the middle. And we don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's left, what's right. Like, we, we just do not know. Some of us are in the middle of maybe some drama or some tension. You went to your Thanksgiving break and the crazy uncle that was uninvited showed up anyways. And so now you're the person that's the mediator and you're trying to like make everyone calm down. Like maybe you're just, you're just in the middle. Some of you are in the middle of heartbreak. Maybe you're grieving a loss or there's been a pain come up recently and you're in the middle and you feel stuck. Finding Jesus in the middle. Jesus tells his disciples to get into this boat. And he says, go to the other Side and the disciples find themselves in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a storm, and they need help. And there's a weird detail in here because the disciples did exactly what Jesus had asked them to do. They said, get into the boat and go to the other side. And then there's that little detail where it says, but Jesus would have passed them by. And that's interesting to me because the disciples did exactly what they were told to do, but Jesus was still willing to pass them by. Then that's the part of the story where like, ah, and like they wet their pants and then Jesus is like, hey guys, like it's me. And it's just like kind of this kind of funny, weird encounter. But the question that I have is in the middle of our middles, how do we not lose Jesus in the middle? Like how do we find him in the middle of our pain, our tension, our drama, like our busy season, finding Jesus in the middle? How do we do that? Number one is this, be still. Be still. Psalm 46.10 says, be still. Let the tension build. And know that I am God, right? Be still and know that I am God. But that is so, so hard for me, and I'm sure it's hard for you. We kind of live in this busy rush to go, 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 go. Just this culture of, man, the faster I go, the more that I can Produce. And I was trying to think of this moment of what would be best to share with you. And I was going to go like the social media route, like get off social media and be still. But, you know, some people don't have social media right now. And then I was going to go like the Netflix route, but we're boycotting Netflix too. And so what do we do? For the most part, we all have this in common, our phones. I had a life group with our students um, one Tuesday night. And I asked them, what is your relationship with your phone? And it was like this like moment of shame. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Because when we talk about it, it's pretty convicting, right? It's pretty like, oh, well, I was only on it 13 hours today. And you're like, 13 hours? Like, where, where'd you find 13 hours? You know? But think about it. And I'm like, not trying to be like the old guy, like back in the day, but first, that's the only way that I can say this, back in the day. At red lights, you used to have time just to kind of pause and just turn your brain on, right? You'd be at the red light, and it was just you and your thoughts. And you may be thinking about what's ahead. You may be thinking about what to do tomorrow. You may be thinking about where am I heading? 
But now that time has been taken up by this. And maybe I'm just talking to me because maybe I, I do text and drive, maybe, if you're wondering. Um, not all the time. But, but at the red light, that's when I'm changing songs. Like, I'm like, tired of that song. Like, I'm the person that goes through every half song. I'm like, every half song, I'm like, nope, next. And so at the red light, instead of just having time to think or maybe possibly pray, I'm changing songs. And I'm probably the most guilty of this one, before bed. Like, before bed, yeah, I just heard, oh, <laughs> this is it. But before bed, like, you would just kind of go to bed and just kind of ponder the day. Imagine that. Just, today was a good day. Today was a bad day. And just like, but you would have time to kind of rest in your own thoughts. But I'm very guilty of this. Me and Jamie are guilty of this. Like, we'll be laying next to each other, and we should be having, like, oh, I just love you so much. You're just, our baby's just, <laughs> But no, we're, we're on Pinterest. Like I discovered Pinterest like not that long ago. So I'm like hooked. I'm like, man, they made that with no carbs? Like how'd they do that? You know, it's just, it's just weird. And so moments that we could be praying or getting to know somebody, we've really taken up a lot of our time with our phones. And I don't think there's like a big like hang up on like, it's a sin to get rid of your phone. There's like one person here like with a flip phone that's like, do what I do. It's like, no, like we gotta get from point A to point B. Like, like if I didn't have the GPS, I wouldn't be able to get home. You know, it's just like one of those things. Like, there's, there's some beauty to having our phones. However, it'd be crazy not to acknowledge that they've taken up a good chunk of time. And this may sound extreme, but I think billions of prayers have been taken away because of all the time we've had to think and pray and stop and pause has been taken up with this, with our phones. Few, yeah, thank you. Few studies that I found, um, we tap, swipe, and click our phones 2,617 times per day. So you're always doing one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm like, like, there's always a tapping, a swiping, something going on. The average smartphone owner unlocks their phone 150 times a day. It's pretty good. We use a gadget 10 hours and 39 minutes on average per day. That sounds crazy, but I asked our students what's your screen time like? And we had like three hours, five hours. And there's like one kid's like 13 hours. I'm like, you're supposed to be at school. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's just like, it's, we use our phones all the time. And it's like, do you not sleep? You just like, it's, it's crazy. No, number four is we send or receive 94 texts per day on average. And honestly, I, I, I feel like mine's higher than that. Like that sounds like a lot, but I feel like it's higher than that. And so I repent my, my bad, y'all. But number five, and this is the, the last one, 85% of smartphone users check their phones while speaking with friends or family. Isn't that crazy? Which I think that's crazy, but then I'm like, that's me. I'm crazy, you know? And so, but, but you can be having dinner or a great time with great friends or great family, and you're still like, oh, yeah, what'd you say? Like, I do this to, to my wife all, like, all the time. She's like, will you take out the trash? I'm like, What? She's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, what? You know, it's, it's just this, this constant battle of this relationship with our phone and this relationship with people. And in the middle of this kind of busy and this Christmas and this go, 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 go. We gotta find times to be still, to pause, to breathe. And the phone thing may not relate to you too much. Um, there's another angle to this. Uh, it's probably more so me in my bend. Um, I like results. 
I like numbers. The way that I say it is I like to get junk done. I like to work. I enjoy that. And being still requires the faith to know it's gonna get done, just not the way that I would probably do it. And so I have a confession. I can be a bit of a control freak. Because by resting means that things are not getting done. And this is why I love Peter. If you're familiar with Peter, Peter's kind of like the shoot first, aim second kind of guy. And I love that because I'm like, it's getting done. And the story that Peter gets poked on at like all the time is when the soldiers are coming to take Jesus and he, you know, like runs up to the soldier and like pulls out his little knife and cuts off the lobe. And he's like, for you, my Lord, you know, and it's just, and he gets poked at for that. But that's, I can see myself doing something like that. Just being like, it's for Jesus. Bam, here's a lobe, my Lord. You know, it's just like, that's, that's my wiring. Like, it, like, it, like it's a result. It's something that I can give to prove my allegiance to Jesus. And then there's John. If you're unfamiliar with John, he's like the beloved. He's the one whom Jesus loved. He's like the one that's like resting on Jesus' bosom and weird, they like use weird words for him. I'm like, ugh. But like, I'm like half jealous and then I'm half like, I would never hire you for anything. You're just gonna like rest. Like, I'm taking another sabbatical. I just got back, boys. I'm like, God, like crazy. Like same thing with Mary and Martha, right? It's like one of them's just like chilling, like just soaking in the presence and the the other one's getting junk done. I'm like, I want you on my staff. I don't resting. But how many of you know speed is the enemy of depth? With relationships, with food, right? With anything, kind of this fast pace. I can't get to know my wife by speed dating through it, right? It's, it's a stop, intentional, look me in the eye, put your phone down. It's, it's being still. It takes discipline to pause. It takes discipline to be still and know that he is God. John found his identity through being still. And your identity determines your activity. There's just, there's just something about knowing, being still, and knowing that he is God. Because if I know that he is God, then I have faith to rest. Pastor Randy told me this forever ago. He said, Dallas, it takes faith to rest. And I was like, that's the most convicting thing I've ever heard. Because I wanna go, 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 go. But hey, in the middle of this busy season, be still. Number two, look. Look, I'm kind of the person that if things are looking hard, um, I wanna put my head down and kind of gut it out, right? There's point A, there's point B, don't slow me down here, right? Just, so that's kind of my wiring and it reminds me of Acts chapter three, which is pretty convicting. And if you don't know the story in Acts chapter three, Peter and John are on their way to church. They're on their way to the temple to pray. And along the way, they find a man who's been crippled since birth and he's kind of doing this thing where he's on his mat and he has his hands out and he's asking for a handout, he's asking for money, he's asking for gold. And then that's when Peter and John go up to him and they do the whole silver or gold I do not have, but this one thing I do have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk, right? Celebration. But before that, the verse says that Peter and John say to this man, look at me, look at me, change your perspective. And we have to put ourselves a bit in this man's shoes to know this is all he ever knew. Everything he had was right here and it was all down. And he was used to doing this and asking for help. But when the look at me 
happened, when the Jesus moment happened by looking up, getting your eyes off of this and looking up, that's when life change happened. In Mark chapter six, middle of the sea, middle of the storm, they had to have been figuring out, well, what do I do here? Well, there's a hole in this part. Well, there's, and like there's, they had to be running crazy. And then when they looked at Jesus, what happened? The wind ceased. There is something about perspective and we are constantly in a war of perspective. And that goes back to this stuff. It's just, just go, 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 go. And Jesus is just saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. One of my favorite characters in scripture is Moses. And if you're familiar with Exodus chapter three, he's, he's kind of killing time in the desert. And this is the story of the burning bush. And he walks up on this burning bush. But Exodus chapter three, verse four says this. It says, God saw that he stopped to look. And that's a small detail. But one translation says, and when God saw that he caught Moses's attention. So the question I have for us is what does God have to set on fire in my life to get my attention? There's something about pain, and I hate to use that word, but pain's the great revealer. Crisis is a revealer. And I love Matthew chapter 24, where it says, man, the guy that builds his house on the rock, he will not fall when the wind and the storm comes. But for me in 2020, my house didn't fall necessarily, but it did reveal cracks. I was like, oh man. And I wanna encourage all of us, man, God tends to set things. He doesn't necessarily cause it, but he uses it to get our attention. And that moment for me was at 19. Um, I was at East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. And if you grow up in the, in the woodlands and you go to Marshall, Texas, you are greatly disappointed. Um, <laughs> It's like you and some cows, and that's really it. It's just you and some cows. And I had this big dream of like, I'm gonna go play small town football. And ah, and like I played in high school and I wanted to go play somewhere. And I've had a couple of back surgeries and injuries and things, and I couldn't pass a physical, but I still had the scholarships. So I was like, all right, well, let's go. So I went up there, but I really had no purpose for being there. And I was so anxious. I was depressed, and looking back now, it's kind of silly, um, but I was, I don't know if you've ever been so depressed that you feel physically sick. I was to that point. And some of that I've learned now, this is a different message for a, di for a different day, but purpose seems to be the number one anecdote for de depression. Like, when you don't have purpose in your life, that's when you get anxious and depressed, but that's just, that, 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 that's just where I was. And I remember at three in the morning, I wake up, and I think I'm having a heart attack. And my, room, my roommate's name was Kyle. And I was saying, Kyle, Kyle, wake up, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And, and, and I'm like flipping out. I'm like, Kyle, I'm dying to Kyle. And like, and he wakes up, like, shut up, man. And, and he's like mad at me. And I'm like, I'm dying. Tell my mom I love her. And I'm like, you know, kind of giving my, my last wishes. And like in East Texas, the, the hospital's like 30 minutes away. So I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. And then he throws me in this car and we go and they start hooking me up to all this stuff and they're running numbers. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, kind of making my last wishes or whatever. I'm like, give $20 to my buddy. You know, like I have like nothing in my account. I'm like he can have my entire will. You know, it's like nothing. But he hooks me up to this machine and he's like, bro, you're fine. And I was like, 
East Texas doctor, sure, like whatever. But you know, I mean, sorry, sorry. But, but, but I was like, there's, there's no way, like I'm about to die. And I'm not making this up. He goes to his cabinet and he starts pulling stuff out. And it's like the most unorganized thing I've ever seen. And he pulls out a brown paper bag. Next time this happens, just, just blowing that. Like, I play football. I'm not the brown paper bag guy. I was so embarrassed that all that, like, it got me a brown paper bag. And so now I'm the guy on campus that's like sitting by people who are like eating their lunch with a brown paper bag and like, when you're done with that, can I have it? You know, it's just, it's like, it's just saving money, you know? It's, it's just, that's where I was. And I was still like, what in the world is going on? And if you've ever felt that depressed or kind of gotten on the other side of it, you feel a bit physically fatigued uh, for about a week. And I was in my dorm and up to this point, I don't think I'd fully made Jesus Lord. I may have been saved, but I don't think I was. But, but I was at this private school, so it was required to bring a Bible. And for whatever reason, um, I looked at this Bible and I was, all right, let's see if this works. And that was my mindset. And I pulled it off to the shelf and I kind of did the just flipping point and I was a little mad. I was like, oh, well, we'll see if this God thing's real. And for some reason, I pointed right to Philippians 1, 6, where it says, he who has began a good work is faithful to complete it. And my memory went, went back to these moments. Starting in kindergarten, Miss Hughes said, you're a man of God, and you're gonna pastor one day. And I'm like, when's lunch? You know, like, you know, like what? No. Second grade, Miss Moore, same thing. Hey, you're a man of God, and you have a calling. Whatever. I get to high school. It's very rare to have the same English teacher twice, okay? And I'm in like public school, so this isn't like a private school thing where they're like, I was paid to tell you that you're a man of God. It's like, no, uh, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but I'm in this public school of Miss Cox, sophomore and senior year. Dallas, you're a leader. You don't act like everybody else. You don't let the world change you. You change the world. I was like, okay, whatever. Senior year, same thing. Dallas, you're a man of God. You're being influenced, stop it. You're a man of God. And it was just, it was these memories that came back of what I knew I was kind of called to the entire time, but I was just kind of running away from it all. And it felt just like this when God saw that he caught Dallas's attention. It was just one of those moments but it honestly came by looking at what I wanted and looking at him again. There was fresh perspective, there was fresh change, there was, Jesus was real to me for the first time. And I'd had these words, and man, this, man, this is why we wanna speak life into, in, into our students and to our kids, because we, we don't know when that word's gonna come to life. I mean, we, we speak life, and I teachers and people speak life into me. And like I was telling Pastor Dale this joke earlier, that Bible that I had was from Pastor Dale and Miss Barbara. And kind of the joke is, you gave a pastor's kid a Bible for graduation. Clever. You know, it was kind of like what I was saying. It's like, another one. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, that's the Bible that, that I brought. I mean, I'm so thankful for y'all and that. I mean, that's, that, that may seem small, but I'm never gonna forget that. So it's a big deal. So we wanna be still. 
we wanna look, what is God setting on fire? When God saw that it caught your attention, what was that like? Lastly, and Lauren, you're gonna work your way up. Receive. Receive. And I'm speaking to me a little bit here, um, but I always feel the need to earn everything. And there's nothing wrong with that and there's work ethic in there and I don't think that's all wrong and I don't think you should be like, give me everything, you know, but like, but all of the time I feel the need to earn. And I had a mentor one time and he, uh, he was catching up with me and we were having this conversation and I was really just kind of spilling this and it had to do really with me being here. I was like, oh, like I didn't earn it. I'm Harvey and so they let me speak, you know, and like I was kind of just spewing. I was like, I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. And have you ever had a mentor who can really tell you the truth? He had that look on his face. And so I paused. I was like, you may speak. And the Tao says, this isn't an issue of earning. It's one of inheritance. And he began to explain to me Ephesians chapter one. And there's some gifts and opportunities and favor that you have just because God really likes you. Because he's for you. And there's heaven's reward for his kids. And come to find out, that's pride that I can't receive all that God has for me. I can't earn it. It's inheritance, which is good news. And so for this season and for this time, I wanna share three things um, that are promises that as God's kids, you get to receive this. And I wanna close with this, and they're really intentional for the season that we're in, but number one is this, receive rest. Rest. Enter into his rest. Hebrews 4.1 says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. I'm a terrible rester. And pretty much everyone in my circle is bad at this. Like I haven't met somebody that's like, I'm great at sleep. It's like, no, like everyone's pretty tired. Same mentor, same day. I mean, he rebuked the fireman that day, I guess, but it makes for a good message now. Um, But I struggle, like I like to say yes. There's opportunity all the time. Going into December, there's gonna be 20 Christmas parties, 20 parties, 20 baby showers, and just, Fill in the blank. And remember that I was telling him because I got to a season where I was going five, six nights out a week and I was like, it's for ministry, ah. But I was exhausted. And, and it was with good things. It, it was with ministry opportunity. And I thought that it was a good thing that you go to heaven tired. Like that's kind of my, I'm like, ah, work hard. But I had said yes so much that I was burnt out. I was like, I don't even like it now. And this is what he said, Dallas. No one gets to tell you what your priorities are. And that's not like thus saith the Lord or hyper spiritual, but for some reason that just set me free that I am the master of my schedule. My schedule doesn't master me. And I get to decide what's priority to me. And if we don't decide our priorities, people have no problem (laughs) giving you their priorities. And you will work yourself to death. And I wanna encourage some of us with that because you feel the need to buy everyone a $50 gift and dirty Santa and like, what, I mean, there's, there's stuff every single week. 
set your priorities. Receive rest. Receive rest. Number two, receive grace. Receive grace. Some of us are just a glutton for punishment. We're just like, I earned it. And like, we just beat ourselves up all the time. Um, for this point, I want everyone just to op- op- just open your hands right right where, where you are. And I found about 27 verses, but I'm, I'm gonna give you three for the sake of time. And I just wanna read this over you to receive grace. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Everybody say more, more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Receive that. That's a promise. You get to receive grace. It's a gift. You can't earn it. It's inheritance. It's yours. Lastly, and I want to close with this. Receive Jesus. I'd say to most of us, make a fresh commitment to him. This season is the biggest test of our priorities. Busy, 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 busy. Make them first, all over again. And I'm not saying that you're bad for being busy. I'm gonna be like, just it's just that time of the year. But fight, you're in a tension and a fight to keep him first. And Christmas is supposed to be, it's all about Jesus, and it is. But we make it about work and gifts and trees and lights and busy and parties. And there's nothing wrong with that until he's second. Fight to keep him first. This is a battle of order. Order matters. So if you could go ahead and bow, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. First, I wanna pray for the person who's in the room and they've never received Jesus as Lord. And I wanna encourage you today, make that commitment today. And if that's you and you're in the room, you say, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life today. Would you just go ahead and lift up your hand now? Lift him up, lift him up, lift him up. I see you up there, I see you up there. That's awesome. So if you raised your hand or maybe if you didn't raise your hand, but you wanna make Jesus Lord, I'm gonna encourage you, just whisper this to yourself, say it to yourself. Say, Jesus, today I make you Lord. Father, I'm fully convinced that you came and you died on a cross so that I could be saved and I could be with you forever. So Father, today I change my ways. I repent. God, I'm asking that you would come into me and that you would begin to change me from the inside out. Father, I make you Lord of my life today. I make you first. You call the shots. Just like Paul said, I am not my own. Father, today I give you complete and full control of my life. In Jesus' name. Now I wanna pray for everybody else. Um, because I think most of us just need a fresh commitment just in this time of the year. They would just make him first all over again. So Father, we, we again love you so much. And God, we make you first. And Father, forgive us for worshiping busy. 
for, wor- for worshiping the culture of more, 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 more. Father, we pause, we still ourselves to know that you are God. Father, today we make a fresh commitment to make you Lord of our life, Lord of our home, Lord of our school, Lord of our family. We ask that you would come in and be first all over again. Well, Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much for this day and we thank you for what you've done and what you're gonna do. We love you and honor you and we're so, so, so thankful for you and give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. Amen, Amen. that's awesome. Hey, Ken, we give it up for all that made that decision. Yeah, it's awesome. We had a few hands. Awesome. If you did make that decision today, could you please fill out the connect card in the backseat pocket and just click, just check the I said yes box. And because that's a great decision. However, discipleship is really through the filter of steps. And we wanna help you take your next step. Maybe you're new with us, or maybe you've just never filled out a connect card and you're wondering, why am I not taking steps? Um, We'd love to help you as well. And so fill out that connect card, at least your name and your email, and we'll have somebody follow up with you shortly. Well, y'all, Pastor Randy is gonna be back next week. If you're new, that's our senior pastor. Uh, But he's gonna be back next week, and we love you so, so much, and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.